We all love a gadget and the gadget I've got for you this week is the Precision Eye Rolling Massager by The Body Shop. At only £12 UK it's actually a really valuable item in my kit now and it's something that I actually personally use kept in the fridge in the morning. I can take out the eye massager and essentially roll it around the eyes to put in my eye prep or eye cream or eye gel. It's a really clever gadget. It's a plastic um, spatula handle. So on one end there's a little spatula spoon and on the other is a completely detached but held by magnets uh, ball bearing. So essentially you get the cooling action from the ball bearing and it will be held in place on the tool by the magnet and it can roll around the orbital cavity and massage precisely around the orbital cavity bone your eye cream or your eye prep right up to the lashes and across the lid and into the crease. So something there for your kit and also personal makeup bags to wake up the eyes in the morning or prep the eyes for eye concealer or eye makeup, the Body Shop Precision Eye Massager. Each week we're going to be looking at vegan beauty and finding some really key things that we are finding out in the industry. So going out this week I went into Content Wellbeing and Beauty, it's a store in London and it's not far from Selfridges. Content Beauty has a really great offering of some amazing skincare for vegan products and beauty products. It has RMS, one of my favourite sort of like go-to colour brands, but it also has Tata Harper and some other really beautiful products to discover. So if you're in that area or you're online and you want to check them out, do have a look. And again, Chatterbox has all the show notes where you can find these links and details where you download the podcast. So make sure you have a rummage through there and explore some of these key things we've discovered in the week. This week I'm going to look through my kit and bring to you one of the key things which I wouldn't want to live without on a shoe or when I'm working on private clients. Now often there are those things that make their way into the kit which are absolute iconic products that really save you in many situations and sometimes just get overlooked. So I've been going through my kit this week and one of the iconic products I'm pulling out from this is the lipstick from MAC called New York Apple. New Capital is a classic colour that I've had in the kit for a long time and what it does, it really does reinvigorate a dull lip. So if you find that your lip is really flagging in colour but you don't want to wear an overt lipstick and you want something that gives you a really blushing lip on all skin tones and all ages, then New Capital will really give you a beautiful reflection. It's a frost lipstick so it does give you that colour burst but it also gives you the light reflection. So I would probably approach that more than a graphic approach to putting the lipstick on, as more of a polish, so a circular buffing motion, maybe with a sort of synthetic eye buffing brush or a round shaped bristle, so that you can really polish that into the lip to get volume reflection and a gorgeous rosy glow. Give it a shot guys, go down to the matte counter and next time you're there, have a look for the New York Apple lipstick. You'll be glad you've got it. Today I'm joined by a fabulous beauty blogger, Rose Gallagher, who's also the UK ambassador for It Cosmetics. She's going to be going through some questions with us on Chatterbox, so over to you, Rose. Rose, tell us something about your position and your love of It Cosmetics. So, I'm really, really proud to be the ambassador for It Cosmetics. Basically, how the whole partnership came about was um, I always used to write about them on my blog because I've got very red skin and I found that the products really helped me to cover the redness but still gave me a luminous finish which is one of the things that I love um, always having in my makeup but what I think I love about them is I think they've really nailed your everyday staples and that's really important isn't it like that people can find those things that they can really rely on every morning 
that would get them out of fixes and things which kind of give them instant results. Exactly, like I think we all enjoy the excitement of getting a new eyeshadow palette or a new lipstick or a new something really all singing, all dancing. But actually the things that we use every single day, they're the things that we should really be investing in and making sure we're getting them right. And so when I think about the CC cream, for example, which is all of your makeup and skincare and SPF and everything in one, when I know I'm going to be using that every single day, that's the thing I want to nail over an eyeshadow I'm going to wear one night that week. And for anti-aging, SPF is obviously very important and that particular product has like an SPF of 50, so that's great for like listeners when they're really looking for that product. And it's physical only, so you've got no flashback in your photography and it's one of those things that I just think we use so many products, we're all guilty of it, we're all magpies, you go shopping, you get sucked into everything and time-wise and money-wise, you just want to make those cutbacks where you can and streamline it and just use one thing that's going to do loads of jobs. It's a relatively new brand and I think that as I've travelled around I've seen it in Sephora and in the UK and it seems to be doing really phenomenally. I mean what is the secret to that and why have people really taken it to their heart do you think? Do you know what I think is lovely about it is lots of people um, kind of discovered the brand because they discovered Jamie Kern Lima the founder and really resonated with her story because she's one of the first people that ever kind of put herself out there as this is my skin condition because she suffers from hereditary rosacea and showed her skin and showed what it had done for her and I think people have this really emotional attachment to it because they feel part of a family of um, people that are all using and believing in these products and need them themselves rather than being marketed to by people that are just selling products for the sake of selling them. Yeah, I think it's the authenticity which people can really relate to. Yeah. Now, I should just explain to you listening that of all days today when I'm recording in the shed today with Rose, <laughs> we do apologise. They've decided to sort of smash the building down upstairs around us in another floor where they're renovating. So we apologise for any sound noise levels that might be giving you problems. But, you know, hopefully they'll stop banging go for a tea break and you won't be affected too much but we do want to get this interview done for you today. See the thing is they heard we were together and they've been banging down the walls but we're just hoping they sneak off for a crafty fag soon and we can get a bit of uh, air time in. The power of some builder's <laughs> tea and a Kit Kat. Okay. Makeup artists are only as good as their best tools and obviously we're always rummaging through like foxes through bins looking for new items to put into our kit and our makeup bags. Rose tell me something that you found recently that is an absolute must-have tool that you just can't live without now. You are going to laugh. What is it? Come on. It's my hands. Your hands. So for years, I just, I mean, I love brushes. I use brushes every single day, don't get me wrong. But for years, because I always used to commute from Birmingham, I've always done my makeup on the train. I can be on the tube, the train, anywhere and get my makeup done. And so for many reasons, hygiene in particular, I've just been so in the habit of using brushes. But recently, I'm trying to use as many cream products as I can. Um, my redness is often quite raised and angry, and I find that cream products sit so much more flatteringly, if that's a word, on the skin. So I'm just getting in there with my hands. MAC Hush um, Cream Colour Base at the moment is just one of my favourite, favourite things to finish any makeup with. I'm using a lovely Steeler Cream Blush every day in Lilium. It's like a peachy pink. 
everything I'm dotting on with my, even my lips, I'm putting the same cream blusher kind of over my lips to give it a bit of a blurred finish. I've started following, uh, do you follow Katie Jane Hughes? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I'm really quite into her um, style at the moment of just those soft blurred finishes and half the time I think my hands do it just as well. I think when you're using your fingertips, the one thing we underestimate is that working in cream products, heat and the body temperature, it really is your active sort of blender and it sort of helps melt the products into the skin. Yeah. It definitely works differently, doesn't it, than a tool which is kind of cold as opposed to heated. That's it. And don't get me wrong, there's some things, my complexion, for example, I always buff in my base with a round fluffy brush. I will just always do that. But even then, for example, I've just thought your glam base wheel for highlighting, that with fingers for me is just the most effortless soft finish then. And... You know, there's certain colours in there. The rosy pink, for example, that is something that I don't really want the power of a brush yeah. to put to, because they're so iridescent. I just want the softness of a finger to gently dab it where I need it. And that's just the most kind of, for me, for any dewy finishes, yeah. that's the most authentically dewy finish I can get is with the fingertips. One of the things you love is when I was a child growing up, I always kind of went to the seaside and they had those claw grabber machines yeah. on the pier and you'd like win some sort of terrible prize. Yes. If you're using that glam base or, you know, any of those wheels and particularly the glam light wheel that you referenced there, the highlighting wheel, if you, something for you to try, if you put all the fingers in all the colours like a claw, like that mechanical claw, and yeah. then literally take a touch of everything and then blend, you'll get the most amazing iridescent rainbow highlighting prism. Try oh that. my, okay, <laughs> I'll try everything. that tomorrow, yeah. So it's nondescript, it's not one, one particular colour, it's a taking sort of prismatic approach to all the pixels, and then all the colours are picked up, and then if you spin that in, you can't determine too pink, too peach, too white, too bronze, uh. a bit of everything. Yeah, it gives you the most amazing pearl finish, so it's something to try when you're working your way back up after the interview. Okay, challenge accepted. One of the areas of growth in the beauty industry over the last few months and even the last year is veganism. And I think, you know, with specialised months dedicated to the vegan approach and culture and ethics, I think it's an area of growth that we're all fascinated by and it's definitely here to stay. Each week on Chatterbox, we're going to cover a product that I've found which is under the sort of working title of Is It Vegan? Something that we can really just look at and see and enjoy and find out about new areas of the cosmetic industry as they explode. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've noticed is that with brushes and brushes being one of the topics this week on Chatterbox, it is definitely something the brush companies are doing, converting their synthetic fibre to be the range that they're offering. So they've had formerly traditional hair brushes yeah. and they're converting them over and sort of feel more obliged to offer a synthetic. How do yeah. you feel about that, Rose? I mean, I've definitely, definitely noticed a huge surge in people asking me things like, I'll get DMs saying, can you recommend a great vegan brand? Can you recommend a great cruelty-free brand? I think people are very much adapting these lifestyle choices into every element of their lives, including their makeup and beauty, which is amazing. In terms of the brushes, um, I think it's a really mixed bag because sometimes your synthetic brushes are going to feel the perfect choice for a product sometimes there's brushes that I know in my kit are animal hair and I think like there's one particular Suki brush that just feels I, I can't even explain it to you and the way it will impart blush is unlike anything I've used 
So for me, to be honest with you, David, it's an area that I am trying to research as much as I can. I'm learning as I go along. It's all quite new to me. And I'm just trying to dip in and out of any research I can do because I feel like it has exploded a little bit out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's this huge topic that I'm a little bit out of my depth with and I just I feel like I'm learning new things about every day. I think you know when you look at the fine art world they would be very much in a bone of contention they want specifically synthetic and animal hair. Yeah. The way that pigment is imparted you know when you watercolour you need animal hair and when you're using more sort of oily based products, you know, and in cosmetics world, that would be the concealer wheels and the concealers and things which are yeah. more grease based. Those really tend to just be more result led, don't they? When they're using a synthetic, you feel like you're getting somewhere with a foundation or a concealer yes. with yeah. a synthetic brush and you wouldn't put your hair in grease. No, you of know, course so not. logically you wouldn't want an animal hair in a buttery type of product. But I think the synthetics really are struggling to kind of match the efficacy with the eyeshadow products and eyeshadow brushes where even with latest technology synthetic fibre is not quite catching up with animal hair the way that it grips and departs and lays down the eyeshadows and I think true makeup artists which come from a sort of artistry background of fine arts are kind of you know grappling with their way Finding through those balance. different fibres so definitely an area of uh, growth and obviously for many of the brush companies you do need to research what their stance is and whether they are vegan whether they're currently on synthetic only or a mixture of the two. I think probably with social media, it's blown it up even yes. more for us because I think of you know brands like Jeffree Star, which are very adamantly vegan. Yeah. And so I think as those type of niche brands become mass and popular, we become more conscious of things in the industry that we should be looking for and calling out. Like, is it vegan? You know, almost like my friends that are vegan. When we go to a restaurant, they don't even look at the food; they just ask the barista or you know the waiter, <laughs> "Is it vegan?" And it's kind of getting to a point of like, "God, can we not ask is it vegan if you're vegan? Surely you'll just pick the vegan things." And I know it's becoming in my social group like, you know, can we not have the vegan conversation in this restaurant or in this coffee shop? Because everyone is just you know being held up with ethical conversation which truly if you're a vegan is not a point of contention you just pick the vegan option do you know what i have to say loads of my friends as well it's um it's just become kind of a way of life for so many people around me um but do you know what i mean i'm not personally vegan but i i just think it's a way of life that anyone can dip into or out of like for example a prime example would be i'm so happy to go to a vegetarian or vegan restaurant i think you can have just as delicious a meal i will happily have a rare steak somewhere else but you know having a nice bite to eat at mildred's isn't going to bother me that's one of my new little faves i think like anything it's a freedom of choice isn't it so if you're a plant-based diet or if you're fruit-based or if you're vegan i think ethically those are your choices yeah yours alone but I do think that even in our own personal social groups, like keep your own opinions to yourself no, and stop 100%. trying to take prisoners. And you're, there's a lot of recruiting. I think that's <laughs> like, you know, sign up here for vegan. I'm your friend. Like, no, I don't want to. Or yes, I do want to. I think at the moment on social media, I think that it's great that kind of there are so many outlets for if you have a particular pocket or interest there is a movement that goes with it and you can definitely find a community of people that also do that. But I found, I think maybe the last six months, it can be a bit overwhelming if you're not part of that movement. I think in terms of social at the moment, someone that jumps out at me that's just doing something really amazing is I've started following Jamila Jamil. 
I would definitely, yeah. Right. One for me to find out. Someone told me about her and I don't really know kind of loads about her. And they said she's doing the best thing on the internet at the moment. And I thought that's a really big statement. I'm going to look into what this is, you know, what's going on. She's basically started this movement called I Way. And she's encouraging people to define themselves with characteristics and qualities and rather than talk about their weight or their appearance or whatever it is, define themselves in terms of achievements and things that they're proud of. And that to me is a really positive and healthy way for people to celebrate these things like their veganism, like their, you know, any other way they're choosing to live their life, but in a way that is just totally positive for each individual person um, it's quite amazing when you go onto the page and even when you see what she's doing in her everyday endeavors like you know if she spots something where people are being really kind of what she's challenging is anyone that is marketing you something that plays on your insecurities yeah which i don't think any of us would want to agree no. to we really want to sort of work on self-esteem and reveal beauty and positive attributes yeah i think that that's going to be something we should all look into and obviously each week when we have a special guest everyone listening out there we will take on board these kind of comments and new discoveries and give you those kind of details of where to find out this information on the show notes so check out with that any of rose recommendations we'll add that into the episode notes so that you can find those and again these sort of new discoveries are great areas for us all to learn from okay rose i know your black book is like full of contacts and things from when you were a blogger and also your extended kind of people you meet continually in your job as an ambassador for a brand um tell us about one of the secret little shops you know i'll tell you one of you tell me one kind of scenario about okay. a great shop that you found that you just can't live without a visit to when you get a chance Okay, so I think half of your listeners are going to go, what are you on about? That's not a secret. But the other half may not have heard of this place. My best friends in Liverpool have a salon called Peaches and Cream. And I studied in Liverpool. So when I was at uni there, that was where I had a part-time job. They taught me makeup from scratch. They have the most creative, amazing approach to makeup. And actually, when I look at all of these kind of Instagram makeup trends now... They were doing that years before Instagram even existed. It was a whole kind of movement that they had Instagram. really started. Absolutely. So Peaches in Liverpool is a salon where you can get your hair done, you can get your makeup done, but they've got their own range of products as well. The pigments are, there are no texture of pigments like them. They are just soft, really finely milled powders, shimmers, glitters, that kind of thing. The lashes are incredible. Brushes, all cruelty free, incredible. It's just, uh, what I would say is I think it's amazing. The price points are kind of very accessible, but the quality of these products is just unlike anything. And I always text um, Kate, my friend, whenever they send me on the new bits I always say do you know what she laughs everything I get I go this is my favorite thing yet but just it really makes me happy to think the things I'm reaching for all the time in my makeup bag it's my friends up the road in Liverpool that have made them it's funny you say that we have some of the pigments in the school and obviously we indicate for the new students starting out that cost effectiveness and price affordability is huge yeah and one of the things you know having seen the girls and having stuff in the school it's really, really cheap and affordable, but good yeah. quality. And it's, you know, a makeup school really tests products. Definitely. So if it just falls apart, it can't stay, it has to go. And I think for diversity, and obviously the pigments they bring out are sensational. Oh, sensational I think Instagram is the worst. will vouch for that. You can find them at any click. 
So that's definitely one in our secret address book, which would be Peaches and Cream in Liverpool. And that's yes. a recommendation there live from Rice. Another store that is a great one for those based in London, and it's one of those really un, sort of um, tourist stores that you would find. It's a very old store, and it's an old chemist in London on Cavendish Street, and it's called John Bell and Croydon. <gasps> oh, John Bell and John Croydon. Bell and Croydon. It's one of those that's off the beaten track a little bit because it's on the way sort of between Oxford Circus and Selfridges behind yes. the back roads. We'll give yep. you the details, guys. And it is like literally a nanocaf of everything possible from candles and oh, orthopedic supports and everything. skincare and razors and old pharmaceutical products. It's like one of the dying art of old fashioned chemists in London. So it definitely really worth is. a visit. It's so kind of quintessentially British as well. I believe it's the Queen's Pharmacy. So old fashioned. It's oh. like almost like the equivalent of a parasol pharmacy right behind the secret part of London and Oxford Circus back there. And you can almost go with no agenda, rummage and find something. I mean, stainless steel kidney dishes right through to a pink lip gloss. I mean, there's diversity. And still, they have new, cute, hip things. Like, the last time I went in there, they had these soaps that were infused with crystals. And then you would kind of, when you get to the bottom of the soap, there's a crystal in the middle. There's so many different obscure things in there that it's always just one to get lost in having a big mooch. Amazing toothpaste, amazing mouthwashes. All the different flavours. Toothpaste, cinnamon toothpaste. Yeah, cinnamon toothpaste. Cinnamon <laughs> toothpaste and old sort of like glass bottles of liquids and potions. Oh, so yeah. definitely John Bell and Croydon is one to have a look out for on your secret travels around London, everybody. Working in a makeup school, teaching makeup students every week, and obviously after our interview today, I have a class. It's often a way of trying to give somebody something to carry forward, a mantra or a personal motto that they can think about their actions and what they're doing. One of the things I always sort of encourage my students to do is to not get hung up in the small detail as they're working and get the job done and then come back and fiddle with the details. So it's always a case of like finish then finesse would be my mantra. I love like that. Get on with it and then go back. You're getting into like a vortex. You're losing all time. You're fiddling. You're panicking. But you're still not actually time managing the makeup. I actually need to take that finish advice on board finesse. myself. Start yeah. hashtag. Hashtag finish then finesse. <laughs> And Rose, what would you say a sort of personal motto or mantra has become with you? You've been in the beauty industry. What would you say we'd advise as a mantra for people to carry forward? So I think two things for me. The first one is there's no right or wrong way to do anything. So find what works for you. And I also think we never stop learning. And I pick up new things and new tips from people all the time. But the second one, a kind of personal philosophy that I go by, is I think everyone looks great with a luminous skin finish. And I think whether you're just wearing a bit of mascara, whether you've gone full smoky eye and bright red lip, whatever you've gone for, if your skin is luminous, everything falls into place. And I think that however much coverage you want to wear, or whatever texture your skin is, or if you have, you know, for example, like I've mentioned, I've got my redness, there is a luminosity to be achieved for every single skin and luminosity to me just looks like wellness it looks like happiness good night's sleep really full of beans that's that's what we all want to achieve with our makeup you just want to achieve a lovely version of yourself and also that's a great sort of philosophy for maturing skin you know when the skin is getting Definitely. older maturing and it's getting less of that luminosity it is universal isn't it for all ages yeah absolutely i think everyone of any race age you know appearance everything you can think of 
everyone looks great when their skin is glowing and I think that's another thing that I love about makeup I take it as a really big compliment if someone says to me your skin looks amazing rather than your makeup looks amazing and it's also then that revealing beauty aspect of glowing from within and it's yeah. almost like carrying a personal light aura around you and I think Absolutely. that does reflect on your spirit and your aptitude with others when you're dealing with other people yeah now I've obviously known you for a while when we were working back at Ilamasco and obviously we've both gone on to do so many different things since that period. Tell me a little bit about how you think about House of Glam Dolls and what we've done here. It's always interesting to get an outside perspective. Sometimes when you're doing your own business you're so close and introverted you don't see it for what it is or, or what's going on in front of you. How's your perspective of what we do here? Well, I've got so much to say about House of Glam Dolls. I mean... Well, that's quite enough about that. <laughs> Coming back to when we worked together at Lamasca, so that was 2012, so seven years ago now, your office in Ilamasca will always be a memory of mine because you'd go we would all secretly be going god any excuse to go into David's office because it looked like a pound shop with sin bins it was <laughs> it was the original Aladdin's cave of makeup and you always had the things you were working on for Ilamasca reference points of makeup from time gone by to current you know hero products one of the things I always was amazed by was that you were so celebratory of every single brand and whatever everyone was doing and I thought it was really amazing that even though you were so passionate about Ilamasca you were on board with everyone and everything. So then when I first came to the Glam Doll studio the first thing that caught my eye which I tell everyone about was the little treasure chest cupboard of all of the makeup heroes from through the years. David has this amazing collection of things that have just been really special in makeup over time that he's kept. So I think I see this whole studio physically and to explore as a real extension of that Aladdin's cave that that office was and it's kind of a further extension into your mind. Um, but more importantly what I think of the, the House of Glamdoll School is it's a place where I know people are going to be mentored if I look back since 2012, any big decision I've made in my career, I've come to you, I've known I can discuss everything with you in confidence, that you'll always guide me in a way that you think is going to be the best outcome for me and you'll speak to me really honestly and really in an encouraging way. And that's what I think makes this place different. It's that no one is going to come here for a course and never hear from you again. You keep in touch with everyone and there's been several, several people that I have recommended to come here who years on are saying to me, David put me in touch with this person, David did this, Chinny did this for me. It's, I just think it's such a, it's an encompassing community, it's not just a makeup school. I think one of the things we've always tried to do here is celebrate individual success. For, yes. for them, not for us. Yes. I mean, there are many schools out there which are really indulging themselves yeah. through their students. I think what we try and have as a philosophy here ongoing is success really looks like other people achieving their goals and their dreams to follow their dreams. And, you know, these sound almost like cliche sound bites, but they're not in the sense that we really do try and get to the heart of the individual, what will make them successful, what they hope to achieve and encourage that. And the aftercare thing is really like the point of being an industry expert is surely to go retrospective and backwards and go back to when you started and use all the lessons and the experience cards and give them out willingly. And, you know, when people hold their experience back and don't yeah. share it, it seems so selfish and 
so pointless to have accumulated that experience. So I do think that probably people that have been here, there's definitely kind of like uh, a sort of affinity with the place when people yeah. come back. You see that sort of sigh of like, oh, I'm back to the homeland, or you know, yes. like, like landing in Heathrow after a flight away. It's kind of like you're back home, and I feel that that's a great testament to what Chin and I try and do here at the school. And I think as well that you um, you come across people that have been here or as soon as you start talking to somebody about House of Glam Dolls, if they have been here or have you know known of the school, you instantly have something really in common and the next thing you know, you've been with them for three hours talking about every detail of makeup. Um, another thing I was gonna say as well though, is I feel like any kind of makeup that you wanna do, will be celebrated here. I had a private message from a lady a few months ago, lovely lady, and she said, Rose, my daughter is 16, and she is, she's is she been thinking about this for a really long time. She's convinced she wants to train to, um, you know, do makeup on dead bodies to get people prepared for their funeral and make them feel really, I can't think of the name. What is the name of that? Embalming. Embalming. And she said, do you have any advice? And I said, do you know something? That is something I don't have the first clue about, but ask David and he'll be able to tell you. I remember that conversation actually. Yeah. And I think, you know, makeup encompasses everything, living, deceased, yeah. you know, wherever you want to express yourself or have dignity. Makeup yeah, is part dignity, of that self-expression. And I remember that distinctly, and it really did touch her that we kind of came back to her. We took her request seriously. We took it on board. We yeah. found out the information and put her in touch, you know, with the funeral director on embalming service to learn new skills. Yeah. And I think she was quite nervous about asking about that approach to makeup because it is slightly off, you know, central target, which is like beauty makeup and, you know, vanity-led makeup. And it's one of those things that actually, it's a really special thing for someone to have considered and it's uh, like you say potentially a bit of an awkward discussion at first but actually where a lot of people might see something quite sinister in that I saw something quite lovely in that and I knew that you would hear too and that that would be a really welcomed discussion um I don't know if you saw recently I love Netflix I'm never not watching yeah. Netflix obsessed I watched The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I haven't seen it, no. Right, I would really, anyone that's listening, I would really recommend this series to you. Don't get me wrong, it's terrifying. It's a story about a series of siblings that grew up in this haunted house. However, it's actually more a story of grief. And even though there are really scary moments, I think the real message is how different people grieve in different ways. I think the thing with grieving is it's about an act of sincerity, sympathy and compassion. Yeah. And I think the House of Glamdors really share those values by bringing out sort of compassion for what really makes you want to go towards your goals. You know, you know, those types of aspects. Remember, the makeup industry has so many amazing genres from police work to mortician work to beauty work to fashion work to film work. So whether you're led by, you know, things which are pretty or things which are more encompassing compassion, I think, you know, those are certainly values that we try and bring out for anyone. And anyone that reaches out to us, we try and put them in direction to the right sort of information and communication. I think that's at the heart of what we do. That's skills. This is the thing with David, when you get talking... You because I'm 312. But we can mention the most obscure thing or person, and half the time you've either met them or spent time with them, I think, especially... Um, 
because you've kind of worked in makeup in so many different remits. Secretly mentored as well. I mean, people don't realise that there are privacy codes. You know, when people yeah. are taught by me, I can't always tell you. There okay. are sort of like mentors and names out there that I've mentored and taught, which is, you know, ethically, professionally, stum. Do you know what? Out of interest, one of the things... I thought um, you were going to ask me what I was going to well, tell you. <laughs> one of the things I was looking forward to seeing again today in the cupboard... Granny's knickknacks. Amazing things, Granny's knickknacks cupboard, is um, you've got those playing cards from the original Viva Glam campaign yeah, with RuPaul. Have you ever met RuPaul? <laughs> again, another funny one. I was obviously at Matt for a very long time. Yeah. Ten years as a manager and as a creative senior artist travelling around. And I was looking over Germany and the UK, and obviously this is in the you know mid nineties, about nineteen ninety six, when Viva Glam was a starting point. Oh Viva Glam tour my the world tour, Viva Glam lipstick, Viva Glam one, and I was lucky to kind of have RuPaul in the same store that I was the trainer when he was presenting, you know, and singing in the store launches. Wow! And also Frank Toscan at that time, so it was a real you know iconic period to be in a shop with Frank Toscan, RuPaul, and Viva Glam one oh launching. Gosh. You know, it's the golden days of the brand. And as we celebrate Matt now as a new version, you know, a more dynamic version in 2019, way back then people were just so overwhelmed by it. And RuPaul was extremely sweet. And obviously, who would know that RuPaul Drag Race would be such a huge influence and phenomenon? And I mean, I think for me, there are so many map campaigns in fairness that I could reference over the years that were inspiring to me or really resonated with me. But those Viva Glam images are just, for me, they were so synonymous with the 90s as a whole, let alone so I'm, I'm going outside of makeup, outside yeah, of really anything. Different. They were just, you know, such a, an iconic moment from the 90s. To take someone freedomly expressing themselves at that point when, you know, Really, there was only Bowie in the 70s and Boy George in the 80s. And it's kind of like you continue that with like RuPaul in the 90s. And yeah. continues right up to now. I mean, all of those people, you know, with the exception of Bowie, are continuing on to inspire and express themselves and be true and, you know, led by their vision. And encourage other people to express themselves. Yeah, and that's a really good trait. And I think that at that period, one of the things that really stuck in my mind as a young makeup artist was seeing RuPaul come to the door of the store with no makeup on. You know, oh. as this huge Amazonian, smooth-skinned, you know, mixed-race guy with freckles, with big eyes and big lips, and, you know, this beautiful face. Oh, wow. But essentially, two hours later, three hours later, nipped up, stretched, padded, and bewigged, <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, hi, who are you? Oh, you wow. know, it was yeah. such a huge transformation. Without those kind of social media things like RuPaul's Drag Race, you wouldn't have had exposure to those. So I feel like maybe I got an inside exposure before the masses of to see the workings, obviously, that the club kids in New York that knew RuPaul, obviously, when he was like a club kid, would have had. And I think that it's funny, being a makeup artist, you know, over the world, now nearly 30 years, you really have seen the growth of people that started, that blossom, that become iconic and mentors and global stars. It's definitely not something that I ever seek or want. You know, I love anonymity and I love being the sort of secret shared and the secret location. And I yeah. think that you're right, there are sometimes when you reflect so many people in that career that have shaped and given you a sort of impression, a lasting inspiration, that when you become an industry teacher, I think that's one of the values you carry forward to inspire the next generation. Yeah. My all-time favourite brushes have to be the Japanese brand Haku Hodo. Every year at IMAX London, it's my first stop to make sure I've got the latest brushes they provide. They are really artisan cut, they are sensei experts in precision, and they are ultimately 
the most technical, precise brushes that I own. I always show them to my students at the school as the ultimate way to make all of their techniques easier is to have a precise brush. Small brushes, small mistakes is often my mantra and that means it builds their confidence and fosters them very quickly better strategic and technical creative skills. An American brand I love is Smith Cosmetics. Smith Cosmetics is a truly artistic brand run by two amazing ladies who have really looked at the art of makeup artistry and what's on the industry sort of requirement list for trying to create new shapes to give you new techniques. The Smith Cosmetic brushes give you a mixture of synthetic and natural hair and it's definitely a newer brand that I would definitely want you to check out and have a look out for. They have a Smith portfolio which is a great kind of case to carry the brushes and generally they've got some shapes in there that you wouldn't find in other brands so have a look at that brand if you're not familiar with it and I'm sure you'll be glad you've discovered them. Walking along my brush kit now and looking at the actual brushes I've got here there are some My Kitco ones. My Kitco is a great brand for students to find a diversity of products not only brushes but also amazing things to organize their kits organize all of their sort of makeup products into groups and into sections and into kit bags and definitely a stop for all makeup artists when they're building their initial kit and continuing on. Makeup artist students and professionals alike love my Kitco because it really does give you a supermarket version of everything a makeup artist can need. Alongside Muji and my Kitco, I think every makeup artist is taking a bus stop trip there to really ensure that they've got the latest organisation of their kit. And also James Malloy, who founded the company, coming from an ex-Asia Pacific directorship of MAC, has a great understanding of eye shapes and global beauty and also gives that passion and heart to when he actually creates his crafting of the new products and brushes through that company. So I think one to watch for, one to look out for continually is always going to be my Kitco. When we think of precision, we think of film makeup artistry and also high definition. Louise Young Brushes and Louise Young Cosmetics is a really good option if you're looking for film precision cut brushes that give you synthetics and natural hair. Louise Young Brushes are my go-to when I'm looking for eyeliner brushes alongside a trip to the art shop where I can get real detail brushes for painting. So when you're doing very precision things, such as eyeliner or brow blades, anything where you need specific tiny brushes, think of Louise Young. I think she shares my passion for obsession on detail and you'll notice that in the tiny, tiny brushes that she provides. Every makeup artist should definitely take a check out of that brush brand and see what's in there for them to add into their collection and they'll definitely be looking for Louise Young eyeliner brushes. A newer brand to look out for is Kitstars. Have a look at the Kitstars range because they create the same shape brush but offer it in a animal hair or in a synthetic. So that's a great way to appease both audiences, both vegan and non, to be able to create the shapes and the actual techniques they're looking for. But they have a really affordable range of brushes, probably maybe only five or six pounds, so they're really good ones to literally look at, explore, try out the shapes, marry that to new techniques and see if it gets some of those technical problems answered. And particularly, there's a great little micro-pencil brush that's good for under the lashes to keep control and get that smoking under the lashes done with ease. One of the questions I get often asked is, how as a makeup artist can I be more creative? Today what we're going to discuss is just a little bit about how you can be more creative in your makeup artistry. One of the things I like to do when I hit a kind of creative block is to use manipulative verbs to trigger my artistry back into something more creative than I was doing. So a manipulative verb is something that's an action that enables you 
to start doing something you weren't previously doing. If I, for example, take the manipulation of to stretch, and stretching is the manipulative action, then I can stretch my eyeliner or stretch the shape that I'm blowing out, and immediately I've got a new version of what I was creating. Manipulative verbs are a great way to quickly and spontaneously trigger your creativity and give yourself something new to work with that you weren't previously doing. Think of a list of manipulative verbs such as stretch, shorten, curve, vibrate, extend, reverse, any of those things where you can take a manipulative approach to what you're doing to extend your artistry and give yourself a new inspired look. Give it a go guys, try that, give yourself a list of manipulative verbs and see how you can change your makeup artistry next time you're doing a shoot or a test.